0: And welcome back to another special episode of the Apple Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. It's episode 147. And I'm joined online once again
1: by my co-host, Stinky Pete. How are you today, Pete? Hey, grab your coffees. This is a morning edition for all of us. Um, and I'm excited to be back uh, with you, Bruce. We're going to talk about some exciting things today. And um, again, our content is on the Lotus Council website. And it's on uh, various Discord servers. Uh, Bruce, uh, would you like to take us through um, just what we want to talk about today? Uh, We wanted to, you know. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, absolutely. I'd love uh, for, yeah, Pete's absolutely right. It is a uh, early morning podcast here at the Epic Experiment, which is a little bit weird for us. But uh, I kind of like having the sun up to do this. Um, before we get going anywhere, other folks, though, um, I thought we'd take a moment here and just send out our sincere condolences to the family of Sheldon Menery. If you are not familiar with Sheldon Menery, Sheldon Menery is a or was a uh, member of the um, the rules committee for uh, the for EDH, um, and is uh, regarded as being one of the uh, early adopters of the format and one of the one of the most influential characters in uh, the advent of Commander as being this extremely popular format that we play and we all love. Um, he has been bat- he had been battling cancer for over seven years, and on Friday he passed away. Um, so our our sincere condolences go out to his fr- to his family, um, and uh, please know that uh, he will be missed. Uh, he, the, the, everybody in the who plays commander has been touched by Sheldon in some way, even yeah. if it was something as simple as his curation of the, of, of of the format um, We we we're gonna miss Sheldon, and uh, while I never had the pleasure of meeting the gentleman, um, you know, there's enough accounts now in the last twenty four hours of people, um, you know, recounting how kind he was and how how much he cared about the game and the community. That there's no doubt that we're gonna miss um, miss Sheldon. And we wish that him all the best, um, you know, looking down from us from from up above, and uh, hopefully he's uh, you know his family is at peace and 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 happy, and that that he's no longer suffering. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's kind of a sad moment, but we also know that you know like he was I we, his struggles he had made pretty public on social media, so I'm I mean I'm sure in some at some. So you know, sad level. It's it is a relief to the family that he's no longer suffering through the horrors of cancer. So,
1: yeah, I mean, you would say as well in terms of ma- like a magic perspective. He really brought Commander to the forefront in regarding like, like you know marketing the format. And I remember like when they first started releasing Commander decks, and he was pushing that uh, very hard. And I think he got some pushback from some of the other people like in the company. But then you know he was able to. Change the game, I think, to be honest. Um, not yeah, to be yeah. dramatic about this, but I think he really did provide a lot of uh, sentiment for players um, to want to pick up this format. So we're grateful for, you know, yeah. for that. But, All yeah. right. Well, cool. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's move on with our show. Do it. Um, so, today we've got a couple of segments. So the first one will be our Garbage Are Great. Then we're going to move on to some cards from Wilds of Eldraine, because the pre-release was last weekend. I had a chance to play in it. I thought it was tons of fun. I'm very excited for some of the cards. And then uh, we'll talk about We'll wrap up with a talk around some of the Enchanted Tales because I think that uh, that is an interesting conversation to have too. So let's get down with some Garbage Grid. You all set there, Pete?
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm excited for this set as well and the enchanting Tales is, is definitely something that we should cover uh, uh-huh. looking on a budget to play. Uh, no Absolutely. Account. So, let's let's do it, man. I'm excited. Let's right.
0: First, we got Agatha's Soul Cauldron. This is a brand new mythic from uh, Wild of Eldraean. So, it's a two mana artifact, uh, legendary artifact, and it says you may you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate abilities of creatures you control. Creatures you control with a plus one with plus one plus one counters on them have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron tap exile target card from from a graveyard when a creature card is exiled this way put a plus one one counter on on target creature you control so i had this in my pre-release pool and i wasn't really convinced that it was going to be great but i thought i'd give it a try um i um, changed my mind entirely i think the card is very very good and um i didn't quite realize how many activated abilities that there were kicking around, and I've come to the conclusion that, yeah, I kind of want those. The other nice piece that I, you know, dawned on me as I was looking at this, it doesn't matter how the plus one plus one counters get on your creatures. Right. Agatha's Cauldron doesn't have to put them there. Yep. You can put them there by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. But if they your creatures are going to get the benefit of the Eddie card's exile with Agatha's uh, cauldron so you can do some really really silly things because I was starting to do some I'm starting to do some looking there Pete and I guess we should probably lay it out here. The pros of this card. The pros to this card it's, it's quite cheap and quite expensive. Two mana to play yeah. uh, to play this is and then there's no activation cost other than a tap to go along with this. So you don't have to spend mana. You can just tap it. If you can find a way to untap it, you can get multiple activations in a turn. That's, that's good. So it does act as a form of graveyard hate. It
1: so if, you have, if
0: your opponent has something that's scary in their yard, you can use it to just zap their things. Um, and that's going to give you a lot of peace of mind going into the later stages of the game. That's something terrifying isn't going to go hopping out of the yard. All right. Uh, it cool.
1: fact color- oh, Go ahead. I was going to say, can you just tell the audience real quick, um, just to remind us what, what activated abilities are? Because I know now with a lot of these cards, with uh, triggered versus activated abilities, it can get confusing okay. what abilities so, you can actually have.
0: So okay. an activated ability is something where you end up having to pay a cost in order for it to take, a, take effect. So uh, a great example would be Bramble Familiar. Um, Bramble Which Familiar is a one in a group. Pardon me? <laughs> Which we'll talk about later, right, in the show. <laughs> well, yes, but it's right here <laughs> on my screen, so I'm going to talk about it so <laughs> it's a it is one of the green, and it has a it's a there's an adventure side, which we talk we won't talk about right now, but they're on the feature side where you tap, add green. and then one in a green, tap, discard a card, return bramble familiars a uh, bramble familiar to its owner's hand. So both the ability to add a green and then to discard a card and return it to your hand would be a abil- would be activated abilities that you have to do something and pay a cost. So tap Bramble familiar or to spend mana and then tap it to do the other thing. So if you were to exile Bramble Familiar with an Ag- with Agatha's Cauldron, any creature with a plus-one plus-one counter would now gain the ability to tap at a green. The other ability I suspect is, a much, is much less relevant because the creature card you have doesn't have the text Bramble Familiar, but you could turn all your things with counters on them into a mana dork, just like Bramble Familiar, which has a lot of applications. Um... And the fact that this is a colorless card, it can go in every deck you, that's running, and there's lots of plus one, plus one uh, counter support in almost every color, so you can do a lot of different things. Now, I was doing some math, Pete. There's t- 25% of the top 100 creatures in the format have activated yeah. abilities. That's
1: not
0: so surprising. No, it's not. And now, most of them are mana dorks. So they're lanor Elves and Mystic... mystic uh, uh, the um, other ones that are Land or elves, but Elvis Mystics. Um, yeah. Or other related dorks that, that create mana. But there are some other ones that are kind of neat. So like a, a Dothy Voidwalker is yeah. what does have the ability, like does have an activated ability. So yeah. if you can, like if there was a Dothie Voidwalker in play, you could have a whole bunch of void Voidwalkers now. Or just putting it out there, you can, you know, Little pie in the sky approach here. What about a Zakama? Yeah, if you could exile Zakama out of somebody's graveyard, you can do some gross things. Now, now, Pete, correct me if I'm wrong. When a creature, when Zakama, if he's your commander, and Zakama dies, there is a moment in time where Zakama goes to the graveyard, and at that point. The, the the player has an opportunity to decide if they're going to leave Sakama in the graveyard or return it to your command zone.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So when, when when a commander changes zones, right? Uh, yeah.
0: So there is an opportunity there for you to exile Sakama, even if it's your, even if it's their commander, and get the triggered ability. Now, let's be real: if your opponent re- re- resolves Sakama, you're probably going to get. Be dead real quick, because Zakama is going to burn and
1: eat all the things on the table. but the is, um, like if they ch- say say Zakama's in your graveyard and Agatha targets Zakama as it hits the graveyard. I believe because of the rule change um uh, with with how commanders interact in the zone, um you can still put it in the command zone. and Agatha's ability would see it, but I'm not sure if it would get those abilities, because it's not underneath mm-hmm. Agatha anymore? I'm not really sure. Um, well,
0: oh. we'll have to go ask a judge, maybe. Alright, but anyway. So <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking big game there with Sakama, but we'll have to go ask a judge, apparently. So, anyway, I thought, <laughs> I, thought the, I think the card has a lot of applicability, and because there's so much plus levels and counter support in every color, it could go in so many different decks and be very flexible and versatile, and have a lot of really good targets, that could make you know. If nothing else, you make your creatures into manadorks and ramp you. That seems good. So yeah. I mean, what do you think there, Pete? Am I am I a little too
1: excited for this spicy new mythic? I mean, I think I think it's applicable. Like it's. A, I don't think you put in every single deck that you run. I also think that um, it's going to drop in price eventually. I don't think it's. A oh, yes. Okay. Oh, um, you're, you're right. Thing, I agree. Uh. I don't want to dampen anyone's spirits because I do like the card. I think it's really neat. I just think it's very glass canony um, in regards to something like Mimic Vat when that first came out. People were very excited about that card. And now it's rarely played in, in Commander. Um, this card is more applicable because it is easier to activate. But mm-hmm. um, it's basically Krov, uh, which is that Simic card that could copy activated abilities with plus 1 plus 1 counters. Right. Um, and like, it's that, but it's on an artifact. So let's just like think of it in that sort of sphere like it's an artifact that can get blown up but it can do some cool things if it sticks around um like any other card that that has some really nice uh applicability in in our game um it can be abused by the combo player right and Mm -hmm. you can uh find some really neat ways to uh do stuff like like people use um uh what's the black ooze that has all activated abilities of all cards and all graveyards?
0: Necrotic ooze.
1: Yeah. So it's similar to that as well. Where like, there's some really interesting combos that are going to come out, uh, inherently from this. But again, I think we should be realistic. Like most creatures that are played in casual in CDH is different because in CDH, everyone's playing, uh, mana dorks that have activated abilities or creatures that have activated abilities. Um, for the most part, unless they're not in green, um, so this is very 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 applicable to cdh in my opinion it's very very good in that format in casual you might not get many payoffs in a game um depending on who you're playing with and what they're playing um so this is more like a flex slot in my opinion than it is uh particularly like an an auto include um in in that regard but it is a really cool card and i'm glad you brought this up today and you were able to play it that's that's really cool bruce i'm Mm -hmm. glad yeah, in
0: in in my pre-release, I was uh, I ended up ended up targeting. Uh, there was a two mana to tapper from Wilds and I think it's called Fr- like Frostguard or something like that. It's and so it, I didn't realize what was quite happening. I thought I just put the put the f- counter on one of my creatures that one of them was going to get the ability. But then when I put a second counter, my my opponent ended up correctly pointing out that. Both creatures now had a tapping down ability, and so over time I was able to just totally oppressively just tap down my opponents, my opponent, and just like let, let, him, let his creatures be able to attack profitably, because they were always tapped. And so he was poking me with a 1-1, but as we all know, attacking someone with a 1-1 is a very long way to get someone dead. So it was very effective in uh, limited, and I'm like, well, like, let's go see what it can do elsewhere. I think it's got some applicability. So sure. anyway, yeah, what have you got in store for us tonight?
1: So this card actually, ironically enough, uh, Hoses Combos. So it's, um, it's a very old Merfolk from Nemesis. So it's called, it's called Rootwater Thief. It's colorless and in blue. It's a merfolk rogue, so it goes in merfolk and rogue decks uh, pretty much automatically. For one blue, and a, uh, it gains flying until end of turn. And then whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two by, uh, colorless. If you do search that player's library for a card and exile it, then the player shuffles. Oh, oh my goodness! Enough, ironically enough, Agatha's Cauldron works really well with this card. If you have the card in your deck or someone is playing this card against you, um, and it finds and re- removes Agatha, Agatha's Cauldron for good, so it's kind of funny. I found this card, um, by accident this morning and I had played it before, I just forgot about it. Um, but oh wow, this funny. card is that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's weird because it's like turn two, you play the creature turn three, you swing with it, giving it flying, and pay three mana and you get rid of a combo (laughs) (laughs) immediately.
0: That is so sad. So, I'm going to be honest there, audience. This were very reminiscent of the way Magic used to be designed. So, I remember back in, oh, it was uh, Ice Age (laughs) a long time ago, there was a card called Jester's Cap. So, Jester's Cap was the same sort of idea. It was an artifact. You could play it and sack it, and you'd go remove three things from your opponent's deck and it was brutal for destroying combos and stuff because if you take away three cards you are likely to have nerfed whatever combo they've hidden in their deck and then a commander deck is even more heinous because you're going to start stripping stuff out of their deck and they're going to be salty with you this is funny <laughs> and it's really mean but <laughs> if you're if you're if you have an opponent who is, is really big into into combos, then you might be well placed to play this and uh, go and ruin their day because I think this card is actually really quite funny. and like it'll you do it once, and your opponent will be like, "Oh, but if you do it every time to them, they're gonna be like, "I hate you. That's it'll be the saltiest yeah. card on the sun.
1: The other interesting thing is, like, you can still get profits from, like, uh, all the blue enchantments that care about combat damage to draw cards as well. So, like, what happens is on the stack is they go to block, they can't block, if you give it flying, or they just can't block. You pay the two. Well, first you get to draw a card, then you pay the two and steal a card from them. Um, So, it's, like, really, really strong. You can you can choose the tutor first and then draw your card, or you can draw your card mm-hmm. first and then go to yeah. the tutor. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, it's a two-for-one no matter how you slice it. Um, and I don't know, the meanest thing I used to do was with the old uh, Sig River Guide, where you'd give it protection yeah. there, and then just hit them and then pay the two. Um, and still something uh, is kind of like a meme, but I wouldn't put this in every single deck audience. Um, I would be picky about it because, again, it's only a one-two, and... Um, later in the game, it might not become relevant anymore, especially if people are hitting you back harder with damage, or you just can't get through in general. Um, But it is, you know, a fun way to mess with your friends, is what I like to say. So
0: (laughs) It is that for sure. It's interesting. On EDH Rack, you'll click the button that says Similar Cards, and I would... and You know what it generates? Nothing that I would deem to be a similar card. So you have Thada Adele, Doxos of Miletus, Gonti... Nightville Specter, Crater's Grasp, and Bribery, which I like. The only one of those that seems like, um, like actually, like similar is Thada Adele, but yeah. like bribery steals it, and everything else is a, like a steal effect. You take it off the top of their deck and just beat them with I it. Think, so
1: I think, to be honest, because there's not many cards like it, like in general, like. It's there's effort. only a few cards that do really mean things when you do a combat damage. There's mm-hmm. Thada Adele. There's the card I mentioned, uh, Merfolk Thief. Then there's mm-hmm. this card. There's a Cephalid that whenever you deal combat damage, uh, that player bounces that many permanents back to their hand, but, equals the amount is, of damage. Is that Cephalid Constable or something like that? Yeah. So like, there's not. They they they've realized very quickly, um, over the years that if creatures are able to get through and they get a really really strong payoff from dealing combat damage, it might. Just steamroll the opponent. So they're trying to balance mm-hmm. it out, I think. Like, we're not going to see these many more of these effects, I think, going forward. I think
0: you're, I think you're right. All
1: so, right.
0: I, yeah. I, think that card's, I think that card's gas. I really like that one. That's really, really good. So, um, yeah. And it's not particularly expensive. It's like three bucks. So if you're looking to get a copy because you're looking to, to, to shut down a combo player, uh, I think the price tag's pretty appealing too. Okay, let's dive into some new cards, because like, we have old cards, and we're, let's, let's talk about new stuff. All right, I think first we should probably talk about um, some of the new commanders that Wilds of Eldraine has afforded us. Um, what do we think is worth our time to build? I know there's no, there's no shortage of uh, people's opinions and people what people like to build and different play styles, but um you know for us here on the show we're trying to help people get the most effect for a reasonable price and that means it starts with your commander and so you're looking to get something that's going to be interesting that's going to give but not going to leave you um wanting for power on the table uh in your command zone so you know we have to spend a great deal of time looking at the commanders and asking ourselves what sort of deck does this promote? Does this, does this seem like it's going to be something that's going to have enough bite to be, get, get you there? So we'll start with some of the commanders and uh, see what people think. Um, I'd like to talk about this first one there, Pete, because uh, this was one that was in my pre-release pool as well. And yep. um, it's a, sort of one of the the, the showcase mythics of the set. So we have Will, Scion of Peace. You have one white blue for Legendary Creature Human Wizard. You've got Vigilance and is a 2-4. And his tap ability is tap spells you cast this turn that are white and or blue cost X less to cast for X the amount of life you gain this turn. Activate only as sorcery. Now, this card was highly debated early on as, um, pardon me, highly debated as it sort of came out the door um, because it is, you know, we remember Eldraine for Rowan and Will. Uh, Kenrith, who are the were, were the crown princes uh, and princess, crown prince and princess of uh of Eldraine. Well now that Kenrith um King Kenrith is gone, we have Will and Rowan taking up his place and we get two very different cards. And so Will Will to me I think is disappointing there on the whole there Pete. Um, yeah. I feel like trying to gain life requires us to do jump through a lot of hoops to make Will be um, impactful. And I think that it's not nearly as, in- as interesting as it might sound unless you have ways to create life gain at the start of your turn
1: upkeep, in a way yeah. that
0: is, that, like on upkeep, that is not going to cost a great deal of investment of mana. Because anything otherwise generally requires you to spend a lot of mana to have effects that gain you life, and then you're, you know, probably don't have enough mana to really leverage that to great effect in your spells. So, oh, I don't yeah. know how you feel, but.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at some of the, um, some of the like life gain cards that upkeep, right? Like that are in white, because a lot of these sort of effects are in black and white. Um hmm. But because it's blue and white, and white and blue doesn't really have life gain at all, you have to use colorless artifacts or cards like Gerard Capuchin, which have conditions. Um, yeah. And Ivory Crane, Natuke, and Ivory Tower um, to be able to gain the life. Uh, and you have to play things like whenever you gain life, you gain twice that much. Yeah. Um, this goes perfectly, of course, in Aloro. Everything that cares about life gain goes in loro. Um, as a commander, but I think you're right um, in regards to the conditions that have to be met. My my imagination goes to like playing a lot of cards with triple pips and double pips, but like it's still really difficult. Um, like if I wanted to play like True Conviction, for example, right? It's three colors oh. and three white. I would need to gain three life before I go to combat, and then tap it, and then pay three to play True Conviction, and then try to figure out if I can uh, like swing. I feel like yeah. if you get will out late, late in the game, and you're already winning, you'll just win more. But other than that, you might just get blown out if they kill it. Or, um, I mean, the I don't. I think the effect stays until the end of turn. Like if they kill it, um, because of the sorcery speed sort of restriction. But yeah, it just feels bad. I think it just feels yeah. bad trying to jump through a billion hoops where like the gaffer is just a better white mono white life gain commander in general. Um,
0: Agreed. I would agree 100. I think it's so. I, I feel like it probably goes in Aloro as a as a complementary piece. I don't think. I mean, there's going to be people who who, are, who are disagree with us and want to build their will. Sigh on a peace deck, and you know, audience out there, we, we we would be all ears to hear what you do with the deck. But our first inclination is to say this is probably not where you want to be at. Um, you know, in, unless you're looking to do something particularly kind of too goofy or silly to fool around with it but anyway moving on we got Baluna next what do we got there pete
1: yeah so Baluna is a much talked about card because of the fact that the adventure mechanic was not very well supported um in baldur's gate and also um if everyone loved it when it first came out in throne of eldraine um but this one actually reduces the permanent cost for spells you cast that have an adventure um so i'll read this real quick so it's one green a blue and a red for the non-adventure, the permanent side. It's a 4-4 Trample, so it has good stats. And uh, permanent spells you cast have an adventure cost 1 less to cast. It has a 5-mana Instant Adventure tacked onto it that says uh, 2 colorless, 1 of each of those colors that I mentioned earlier. Mill 7 cards, and put all cards that have an adventure from among the milled cards into your hand. Um, The problem is that... They're missing a big, and we, we talked about this before the show, they're missing a very big color that had a lot of adventures that were solid out, coming out of um Baldur's Gate and and Throne uh, White. White had some really strong ones, and they had some really strong adventures in this set too. So we were kind of disappointed. They could have probably made this four colors or five colors, and I think it would be even more fun um, and more interesting for people to get to play all kinds of adventures, rather than just being tunneled into only the Tamir colors, which, in my opinion, have the weakest ones out of all of the adventures in a vacuum. Um, So it was just surprising to see that, like, in a standard set. Um, What do you think, Bruce? So I, yeah, I'm like you, I think that they, the missing out on white is a big deal.
0: I think she should have been Bant colored, not Teamer colored. Um, (laughs) Now, the, uh, the reality of the matter is, they were doing, on the command zone, they were doing the math that if you were going to spend this five mana on Balluna's, um instant side to try and dig for um, enough of the uh, adventures, how many cards would you want to hit off an activation where, you, where you're done? Dumpstring seven cards. So how many do you think you would want to hit if you're going to spend five mana, mill seven, return how
1: many ever, ever into your hand? Like, I would want to how many... Minimum of three, but but I would want four ideally at least. Because hey, so yeah, do you want to know the math?
0: Find you so if you put forty adventures in your deck, forty adventures, you have a fifty-six percent chance of hitting three of them. Okay, like that's a like forty adventures. That's a lot of adventures. You're starting to play a lot of bad ones at that. Point. Oh yeah.
1: A lot of comments that that really don't do anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, so and like
0: like yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So yeah. So like like just the just the math behind this alone, like you're getting you're getting close to sixty percent chance to to hit three. Meaning you could very easily hit two or less, and just straight up whiff, and then like how bad do you feel? You feel terrible. So. Yeah, I'm the kind of of the opinion that Baluna, like we're we're waiting for a, like it's going to be one of those commanders that eventually, like they they're going to print some more adventures because they recognize the card type is good, players like it and they've worked at adjusting the power level so it's a far more appropriate power level, um, because there were some ones in, uh, the original Throne of Eldry that were very powerful, um, yes. but now like they've sort of sort of hit their note with it and they're doing a better job of it, meaning that we're going to get more. And eventually Baluna, I think is going to have enough compelling and interesting, uh, adventure cards to make her be good, where for, playing 40 of them, isn't a, isn't a burden, but you still got to play 40 of them. So, and so this is one of these ones that's like, put it in the back of your binder and like leave it there for another three years and see how many more adventures come out. And see if there's enough to make you want to play Balloon and Grand Squall. Then, because right now I think the solution is you just don't.
1: The other thing too is the mill in these particular colors combination is bad. Like if it was yeah. black, if it was black, it would be great. If it was white, it would be great because white has some really good recursion for small permanents cards mm-hmm. that are two mana or three mana. Um, because I believe. You can still, if it's a permanent, you can still take it with like Savine's Reclamation, even if the adventure is like seven mana. Um, so I, I, I'm just very kind of dis- disappointed. I, I don't want it to sound like I don't like the card. I think the card is interesting, but I just, I'm just think you, in the direction. I think, you
0: and I, wa- I think you and I wanted the card to do more.
1: And yes, if, be- yeah. <laughs> so anyway,
0: all right. Up next, Rowan. Oh, this was different. <laughs> so this is the other half of the, of the pair with uh, Will. So it's Rowan, Sign of War. One black-red for a 4-2 legendary creature human wizard with Menace, or Menace, depending on which, which way you want to pronounce it. Tap spells you cast this turn that are black and or red cost X less to cast, where X is the amount of life you lost this turn. Activate only as a sorcery. This is way more compelling than Will is, isn't it?
1: This card is gross. And like I'm the kind of guy that salivates at this because I have a deck revolving around this that, that Bruce knows very well about. Oh goodness. And I use life a lot anyway. In a lot of the games that I play, I leverage my life total anyway. Um, so it's not like I care if I'm taking damage or pinging myself. And the crazy thing about this card is there's so many pain lands that, that like just deal damage when you fix yourself. That you can easily reduce the cost of things basically for free with Rowan, like Sulphur Springs, uh, City of Brass, um, Tarnished Citadel is an old one that deals three damage to you, um, and you tap it for any man of any color. Yeah, if you're if you're really like been playing a long time or you have the budget to have an ancient tomb, uh, th- this well... card is just disgusting in my opinion. Like, I don't think they realize that leveraging life loss versus life gain. Is a completely different game, a completely different way to play. Um, and in those particular colors, where there's a lot of support for that sort of thing, it's 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 a strong card. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if people crack this card up and make it a CDH card. not that it's like that crazy, but combo off, comboing off just got a whole of a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So. yeah, no,
0: I, I think I think Wizards design knew that paying life was a lot easier. And I think they were okay with that. Uh, This card is very powerful. Whether you play it in the 99, or you play it as the commander, I think either way, you're going to have some very powerful choices to make. Uh, And you could find yourself with a very oppressive deck. Um, So this is the one that, I mean, I encourage people, Like this would be one that would be on my radar as something to go try out. I think it's really cool. And uh, you're going to get lots of... Lots of impact for your, uh, for your spell, so, or for your stuff, because, oh boy, yeah. can it do some good stuff. Alright, next, we've got Kellen. What, are we, what, what, what about Kellen?
1: Yeah, so, Kellen, um, the fey-blooded, the lore about him is very interesting, too, from what I've heard. I haven't got the chance to look at it yet, but... Apparently, heard- apparently, he's Oko's son. That's what I heard too. And I was just like, this is hilarious. I love it. i, I think I think that's actually something that they did right <laughs> not 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 to be uh like cynical or whatever about the lore. but I know that you know, it's been a struggle the last few years, but that's a different topic for another time. Um, this is a legendary human fairy, so that's interesting too, because it's its types are also uh, very, very good. Uh-huh. um so do- it has double strike. Uh, it's a 3-mana 2-2. Other creatures control, get plus 1, plus 0 for each aura and equipment attached to Kellan. But the really strong part of this card is... And the debate is, should it be a commander or not, in our in our sort of kitchen type, kitchen side talk. Um, the Birthright Boon side is a 2-mana sorcery. Uh, one white and a Cullis. It's search your library for an aura or equipment card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. And then shuffle. I mean... Bruce, you know full for, for well that tutoring is very powerful in this format. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's time to do it. And if you can do it multiple times, um, very strong. But our yeah. debate raged about, like, how many th- times and how much mana do you really want to spend to do this? Um, and its ability only buffs other creatures, so it's not like you're going to get a crazy buff for Kellen to kill somebody with, with commander damage. A lot Wait. of equipment-style decks, they either kill you with commander damage... Or they swing with a creature that's really fat and just beat you up with that one creature. And Kellen really doesn't fit that. It go, it's almost like a go-wide strategy, similar to that pre-con they released a few uh, a few months ago um, that was uh, through the Phyrexian precons or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but, yeah,
0: but of course, Padine, I mean, Yeah, that guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I know what my thoughts are, but uh, I want you to go because, obviously, um, I guess I've been doing this sort of style for a long time, so I'd rather... I'd rather see your, your side of things first.
0: Well, so the way I look at this card, so I, I am intrigued by the tutor ability on this that can, go in, that can be a repeatable tutor effect from your command zone, which I think is really, really potent. Um, we don't see that too often because like most decks have like a tutor or two, but to have this sort of effect be something you can recur and you can cast on demand is very different. So, um, so that's why Kellen got my attention. But I agree with you that I don't think that this is the sort of card that is going to tip the scales of, of equipment decks everywhere. Because Kellen gets, like, all for all the bonuses it grants your team, it still dies to all sorts of stuff. Whereas uh, other commanders are a little bit more tricky to deal with. Um, Akiri in particular, because yeah. Akiri um, is sticky in that it gains indestructible for removing um, equipment from it. Making it hard to take off the battlefield, and then there's Wyleth, because Wyleth can generate a pile of card advantage for you um, by attacking, and it gets draws you a card for each equipment I believe it wears. So yes, yes. So like, so this would be in my estimation like a third tier support card. Like your if Akiri's your your main your main commander, Wyleth goes in the deck, and Kellen goes in there too to support. And um, so while it has a home and it's going to be a a interesting card to play. I don't think it's the Boros commander we were looking for. That's going to take the Boros equipment archetype from being like a viable thing to do into being a top thing to do. Now it's just one more complementary piece that we could use to you know maybe ratchet it up a, a rung or two up the ladder.
1: Yeah, so it's it's also it's five mana, right? So like yeah. If we if we boil it down to um, the efficiency of it—it's very difficult. I've I've had trouble with this in the past with my equipment deck, where you have all these cool things you want to put on your creatures, but you don't have the mana to spend. And a lot of cards, um, like in that sort of style, you're playing a lot on your turn, um, mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily interacting. Versus... Yeah, you're not exactly interacting with other players, uh, but they they will more more than likely interact with you um a bane of Pro- <laughs> yeah. a bane of progress has definitely wrecked my whole uh game before um because yeah. i play artifact lands as well sometimes to for some Ooh. added um but the problem is not that the card is uh like inefficient but more so that it's it's slower than other equipment commanders that people already play um and and then like the equip costs are not reduced if If it reduced equipment somehow, then it would be a like an upper echelon sort of card. yeah but it doesn't do that. Um, and double strike mm-hmm. isn't as relevant as it used to be in regards to this sort of um aggro strategy. so
0: anyway, uh... all true all true statements. <laughs> all right, uh, up next we have Lord Skidder Sewer King uh two in a block for a three three Legendary creature rat noble. Whenever another rat enters the battlefield under your control, exile up to one target card from an opponent's graveyard. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 1-1 black rat creature token with this creature can't block. Um, uh, This is not like the most compelling of commanders, but I think this is a really interesting card to go into 99 because it requires so little of you, Pete. It's just, if you're in black, you're going to play this. And to me, it looks a lot like a uh, Legion War Boss where it just makes a token and then it's going to play a little incidental graveyard hate and it really asks very little of you to do anything else. So I mean I think it's going to see play uh, if people are looking to to leverage it. Um, I think you're going to find that it's a, a very effective tool. Um, it may not be the most exciting thing unless you really want to play rats and I don't know if that's what I would recommend to people. I know there's a lot of interesting rat decks with like the rat colonies and the... Uh, what's the other rat that you can have a million of? Uh, Marrow, whatever. Aeronar is the famous one. Yeah, so you can do a lot of cool things, yeah. but I just think on his, on his
1: face, Lord Skidder is just a good card and people are going to run it just because it just, incidentally, hates out Graveyards. This is kind of like an off but, like, on your turn. And uh-huh. uh, it just screams aristocrats to me. Like, you sack the rat, people have to sack a creature, you exile their creatures from their graveyard. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, black does the thing, which is killing everything. So, I think the flavor of the card is what's most appealing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a rat noble, which is funny. Yeah. And then, it's just like a interesting sort of like budget token producer, because um, uh-huh. you know, yeah, a lot of those are becoming more expensive over the years. Okay, um, this is our last one for the sort of commanders. Um, this one I actually like a lot, and I I showed Bruce this one before the show. It's it's an uncommon that's a simic, so it's it's Troyan Gutsy Explorer. It's one colorless, a green and a blue, and you can tap and activate it. Add green and blue. Spend this mana only to cast spells with mana value five or greater. Or spells with X in their mana costs, and then you can pay one blue, tap it, draw a card, then discard a card, and it's a one-three. Any commander uh, audience, any commander that draws cards uh, as part of its uh, sort of layout is is powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong here. It's one of the underrated things that that people look at when they decide what cards they're gonna run in the deck too you can put this in the 99 of um, zakara it's that that soltai one that cares about x spells but you can run this as a commander itself and play simic good stuff you can play big creatures you can get bonuses um off of that and then i mean looting is looting is great uh, you know rummaging all of that stuff so i think this card is actually really interesting it's not like a standard simic sort of uh-huh. ramp ramp out card. I mean, it ramps for specific conditional things, but as a Simic card, I like it. You know what I mean? I think it's a little bit more interesting than what we've seen in the past. What do you think, Bruce? I
0: think it's pretty cool. I uh, am interested. My first inclination was like, look at uh, Kinnan, but the problem with Kinnan, if you're playing at a CDH level, it doesn't uh, really get into spells that are as big as Foyin can deal with, but Zaxara and Emoti and Magus Lucia Kane are all, like, yeah. great homes for this. Emodi, for those who, are, who aren't familiar with Emodi Celebrant of Bounty, it's, it's a 5-mana uh, Naga. It's blue-green, and then has Cascade. And then spells you cast with convert a mana cost 6 or greater have Cascade. So you're going to get into this whole game of playing, like, the biggest of big, fatty green, like, just greedy green and blue things and just go ham. And Troyan goes right in that deck and allows you to do gross things. And Magus Lucia Kane pays you off for X spells. So I think it's pretty cool. I like Troyan. Um, I think it's going to lo- do a lot of sweet things.
1: Yeah, uh, it slots right into, I have this really weird Volrath deck, which we'll probably feature on the show eventually once I pick this up. And every it's partnered with Karuga. So Karuga actually is conditioned says you all your cards can, like all of the cards in your deck. Instant sorceries and permanents uh beyond lands have to be three or greater so this is like a perfect mana rock for me um and copying it with uh volrath is really cool so i'm excited absolutely. to this. so absolutely all right there's some other cards that we're going to try and go kind of go
0: through quickly um because i think there's a lot of other really cool things in the set um the first one we have is Knight of Sweets Revenge, which is a four and a sorry three and a green enchantment, and it says when Knight of Sweets Revenge enters the battlefield, make a food. And says foods you control have tap out of green, and then five green green sacrifice knights of Sweets Revenge. Creatures you control get plus x plus x until end of turn, where x is the number of foods you control. Activate <laughs> only as a sorcery. No. So-, so Bruce.
1: What you're saying is now I can kill people with commander damage in Rutstein. Is that what you're saying? Yes, you can. Absolutely. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, <laughs> I think the card is really good because it sort of does what Jahira, Friend of the Forest does, where it makes your tokens tap for green, so it kind of ramps you. And then it's a win condition in the late game where you just turn it into an overrun and just smash your opponent to pieces. I'm here for it. I think it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I already put a copy in my Frodo and Sam deck. To like, I'm like, that seems really good. So,
1: anyway, the crazy thing is, even in standard, you could realistically activate this ability on like turn five if you have yep. enough food production. Um, because what you do is there's like a few cheap ways to make foods in <laughs> standard in, in wilds, and then if you only need like four or five foods, um, to make this, this viable. And then, oh, in yeah, command. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this happen many times playing together and against each other. Um, people love to create extra value when they can do it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is cool. This is a really That's neat a, card. Yeah. And it's only, <laughs> how, how, much expensive, how expensive is it? Like,
0: 25, 25, 25 cents. So,
1: anyway. What, what next? Uh, you had spell stutter on here, so yeah. So the,
0: this is the one for the. This is a card. Shout out to all the black blue fairy players out there that are losing their mind over the, blue, the 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 reemergence of fairies as a really viable archetype. And this is the counter spell that people are excited about. So one in the blue instant counter target spell. Unless this controller pays two plus an additional one for each fairy. So it's kind of like make disappear. Kind of like mana drain. No, um. Mana Leak, but it's mana drain would be
1: nuts. But it's kind of, stuff like that, yeah,
0: yeah. So, hey, I mean, black blue fairy decks are going to play it. The rest of us aren't, and that's fine. But we want—I wanted to shout it out there for all those black blue fairy players that are excited for new toys. Here's your new toy. Go have fun. Ruin my day with it. It's fine. I'm not going to be upset with you. It's—I'm <laughs> it's, not. I don't hold a grudge for long. And so have, sure. have fun there folks. Have fun. Enjoy your enjoy your moment of the sun before my big green monsters eat you. Anyway, yeah. next.
1: I'm so glad that you put this third one up here. Song of uh Totentaz, because I I wanted to talk about it. So I'm glad you put it up here. Um It's X and a red, so moving away from blue for a second. Uh it's a sorcery. You can create X11 one, one Black rat creature tokens with this creature camp block and then the second line of text is the most important creatures you control gain haste until end of turn I mean you've experienced this now in vintage cube I've experienced this in commander but this is very reminiscent of that card they 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 got in the Lord of the Rings precon Yeah that, the uh card the um
0: Yeah fourth of it fourth of Lingus, and this is very similar um, because you're gonna make a lot of bodies really quick and they all gonna come at you screaming fast with haste. Kind of like feels like a fireball. So your yep. your opponent could be caught like this would be the sort of the card that you catch somebody with totally unawares and you have some sort of anthem effect, um, and you just vomit this out. Your rats are all two ones or three ones. Let's say you make seven rats, which really isn't that much to make, and you're just gonna end someone's game. Right there on the spot, like someone's going to eat twenty-four damage and just die.
1: And yeah, like, my degenerate brain says divine visitation. Play this for like X is three.
0: Oh, okay. I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah. So sure. that's where okay, and I, and and even at its worst, red mana. Don't where X equals zero. Your creatures gain haste. Yep, that could be good. Like yeah. Definitely. You know, you 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 cast a couple of bigger creatures, like you cast a couple of dragons that don't have haste, yeah. and you could then do that, like just single mana, make them have haste and get somebody. Like that's scary. So I I'm a big fan. Think the card is good. People are going to sleep on it, and it's cheap. So go grab some.
1: Uh, the next card, um, Stroke of Midnight, is. Yeah. Fantastic! Yeah. This, this is, is beast within but, but better it's so much better like so it's beast within or generous gift
0: which is the white variant of this so beast within is two in a green generous gift is two in a white they're instant destroy and they both say destroy target non-land permanent well so does this one but both of those other ones leave them with a with a three three behind this leaves them with a one one and there's such a difference, between a three three and a one one. Like a three three can still tussle, like it can fight. A one one, you're like, okay, like unless you've, like it's really just sack fodder now. So this is seems really efficient. It's an uncommon. It's just good.
1: So Ooh. yeah, well, actually, those two, those say, those two do say destroy target permanent, I believe. Um, okay, so yeah, they do get a land, but yeah, this this this. But, but there are right. <laughs> there's,
0: there's, there's not a lot of lands that we want to hit in not. with a removal spell generally. So I mean the exception might be like what? What's a gland that would kill
1: you? Maybe yeah, come uh yeah. general or something. But yeah. And the gates player usually gets hated out of the game before they can assemble their maze end combo, I would think. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean this is primo. This is like, you know, yep. Just good. Just a yeah, good card. So, this is like VIP reception, man. Like in mm-hmm. terms of so yeah. <laughs> speaking of right. white, here's another one. <laughs> another three mana yeah. instant um that's people are sleeping on, I think. Eerie interference. So this is like eerie interlude, but it's a freaking blowout. So prevent all damage it's two colors and a white instant. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and creatures you control this turn by creatures. <laughs> so um if someone is swing swinging at you aggressively, you just say nah, fam. Or um, you swing everybody, and they take a ton of damage, and then they try to kill you. You say nah, I'm good. Um, especially if you're a player who has a bigger board state than the other players, this card is a blowout. Um,
0: mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a beating.
1: This is <laughs> gonna this is gonna ruin people's day. Yeah. Like
0: so. Yeah. So like. So let's imagine someone thinks they got the Alpha Strike, like they've got the Crater Hoof, and then they're going to go get you, and you Eerie Interference, you take no damage, and you crack back and kill them. Or, they they Alpha Strike, think they've got profitable attacks, and you blow them out, eat their stuff, and then turn around and the crack back and just wreck them. It Mm. is very powerful. It's nine cents.
1: So it's, it's yeah. sense now to uh to to pull the card out and yeah put in your deck from yeah. your your draft box um and then number six along those lines of ruining people's day uh Bruce you know how I love these weird board wipes um this one's for you
0: it makes money <laughs> <funny. laughs> so uh three white white sure. sorcery choose a number between zero and ten destroy all creatures of power greater than or equal to the chosen number so audience this is how this is played you play walls and they all have zero power you cast this say everything that has got one or greater blow them all out and then you get left with your walls and then you resolve arcades and kill the table that's how this goes uh so glunch,
1: glunch, glunch man oh, yeah
0: that's too. so um this yeah. is like this is an absolute nightmare like there's going to be small white weenie decks are going to take great advantage of this if you have your army of two twos you're just going to cast like you're going to cast this say three blow everything else off the table your knights are going to stampede across the table kill everything in sight
1: um because like if you're playing a bunch of tribal decks right say you're playing like against a goblin player um and like an elf player or something and they have a few anthems out um, you can blow out two players and keep the other two players in a good position. Like you can politically play this card as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's very helpful. Well, lots of versatility. Very cool. And uh, so, yeah, I think uh, the card is very good. Again, it's cheap right now. It's twenty one cents for a regular pack version of it. Um, if you're somebody who's prone to playing decks that have got, um, you've got perhaps undersized creatures, go for it. So all right.
1: the next one is probably the card that I really, really, really like, um, and it's it's sick. It's 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 a cool card. It's, it's it's really strong. I think, in my opinion, um, it's a, a bramble familiar. So all the familiars throughout Magic's history, just for some context, have always been very strong um, in regards to what they do and what their mana cost is. Normally two or three. Um, There's an elemental one, there's a merfolk one, there's an elf one, etc. So, um, this is an elemental raccoon. You can play it for two. It's a mana dork. It adds one green, and then it has a second ability. Pay a colorless and a green. Tap it. Discard a card. Return Bramble Familiar to its owner's hand. Then it has this thing called Fetch Quest. For seven mana, it's an adventure. Mill seven cards, then put a creature, enchantment, or land from among the cards milled this way onto the battlefield. This card is busted, okay? Especially if you're playing expensive permanents, and you want to reduce the cost, or you're playing recursion of some sort, always is strong um, in this sense. And if you can shuffle your graveyard back, it's not even a huge deal. If you're playing off-colored, like Selesnya or something, that doesn't really want things in the graveyard. Um, this card is very versatile. Uh, what do you uh-huh. think, Bruce? The card is very good. Um, I yeah
0: no i there's there's no drawback to this there's none not even one so if you know early in the game you play it you have a dork you can ramp great and then later in the game you need to find something to do something to like to catch up or to address address the board state you can use return it to your hand and you can return it instant speed so the turn before you need to cast it you can and step it boom, to back to my hand, and then fetch quest mill seven, dig for something cool, um, and then put it and then put it in your hand. So uh, there's there's no drawback here. This is just good. It's twenty cents. You're gonna any deck that's playing green with any amount of recursion is gonna dig it. Go and find the card. It's just good.
1: There's nothing. There's nothing else to say about this card. Yeah. Um. It's interesting. So, like, the next two cards uh, quickly here. Let,
0: let, let's just do the next two, and, and there's more cards we can talk about. We'll do the next two, and then we'll call it b- a break on new cards. I want to get to the Enchanted Tales yeah. talk.
1: Yeah, 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 let's do it. No. I mean, what I was saying was, there's a mini sort of combo with these two cards, I think, in standard. Yeah, uh, that's why uh, I was because, talking uh, about it. So, two mana, uh, Collector's Vault, is a sleep, is like a really good EDH card, too, um, in cards mm-hmm. that need the fixing, in, in color combination, need the fixing. Um, it's called collector's vault it's a 2 man uncommon artifact pay two draw a card then discard a card create a treasure token that's really good um especially in two three color four color decks as a cheap way to create value but then um in standard so like the next card so, that, so this card is pretty obvious right you can put this in any deck and it'll run um the next card farsight ritual in blue in blue is really strong uh, as an instant, and it's eighteen cents right now. Um, it has bargain. So farsight ritual is a four man instant bargain. Look at the top four cards of your library if the spell was bargained. Look at the top eight, put two of them into your hand, the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So what you do is you then you play the collector um, collector's vault, right? You draw a card and discard a card on, turn three, make a treasure, and then turn four. Um, you play farsight ritual and you get to find the cards you need to win the game. Uh, uh-huh. It just seems quite strong uh, in that in that regard. So these cards are also very playable in EDH. Which yes, any ritual is really, I'd say. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah, no, I'm
0: uh, I collector collectors vault. I mean, the only drawback is it's a little expensive to activate, but yeah, the fact that it's going to give you a co- essentially a cost reduction on it because it's going to make an untapped treasure token, which is interesting. It's an untapped treasure token because it wasn't that long ago like with three new uh does r d was starting to give us tapped treasure tokens to slow us down and Mm -hmm. so now they have gone back to untapped treasure tokens and so you're you know you spend two to get one um but if you're looking to create a critical mass of artifacts they're going to create tokens they're going to create um all sorts of stuff that you can then sack this card is going to be super versatile for you Mm -hmm. and you know, your Academy Manufacturers and your Peregrine Tooks and everything else are just gonna love it. So all good things to have there. Four start ritual is like uh if you dig the fact you can sack a token dig for eight, that's huge. Cause like dig through time is only dig for seven. So you can go an extra card deeper to find that combo piece or that thing you want. This is good. I mean, I know it's I know it's more expensive because it's four mana. But we have a fixed uh, dig through time in one of the core sets. I forgot what it's called. But it's like 2 and 2 blue
1: for sorcery. Look at 7. Put 2 in your hand. You've dream, got one better. Dream something. I run it in one of my decks. That's why. I yeah. Read. It's a good it's card. A, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But this is 2 blue blue for instant. Bargain. Look at 8. Come on now. Yeah. So yeah. It's like memory deluge is in the same league as this. Like this is good. So... And it's again twenty cents.
1: I mean like, Yeah. Uh it's it's this we've talked about this before. It's it's the way we're the cards are bottoming out. It's like kind of nice that they're budget now, I would say. Can um, I just but,
0: can I just one kind of busted combo with this card sure. is hatching plans, which is yeah. one of the cards from the Enchanting Tales, which we're moving to next. But enchanting to uh, hatching plans says when hatching plans is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, draw three. So if you have hatching plans as you pooped it onto the battlefield on it, turn two, whatever, and then you use Farsight Ritual, you'll get the benefit of a draw three, then go dig at eight and find two more. Like you just refilled your whole grip and you're like, oh, your opponent's just going to go, that's not good for me. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> Nothing
1: good yeah. happens now. So. Let's 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 move into it then, right? So, how many enchanting tell cards are there, Bruce? If you mind 40, telling the audience,
0: pretty sure there's forty-five. But I will go have a quick look, and double check. So we're looking at looking at enchanting tales. It says there's one hundred and three cards, but some of those are that there's two styles. There's the um, the styles you're going to find in most of the packs, and then there's the uh, the anime style that you're going to get in some of the collector packs. But there's some really, really high-profile targets here. Um, things like uh, Utopia Sprawl being like kind of a dumb card to be reprinted um, as a, at a at like common, I think it is, or uncommon, and as a ramp target. But you've you got hardened scales, you've got doubling season, you've got blood moons, you've got omniscience, you've got necropotence. You've got Fire smothering tiny shit, rhystic study. Like there's so mind. many. Yeah. yeah, there's so many broken, broken enchantments here that everyone plays in their commander decks. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you there, Pete. I'm a big fan of this sort of extra product. Every time Wizards has put these extra sheets in the in a set, I like it. So we had it with like the legends from Dominary United. We had the artifacts from Brothers War. Um, now we've got these enchantments. I really like them, but I recognize that there's some people out there that aren't a big fan because now we create so much accessibility to these artifacts. That are, sorry, these enchantments that are so powerful. I mean, if people just had like one of the things with necropotence is that necropotence used to be hard to come by. There wasn't a ton of people who ran necropotence because they just couldn't find it. It's so old. Well, now Necropotence is going to be everywhere because everyone's going to be able to find one and at a reasonable price. I mean, right here in Canada, if I want to look for Necropotence, um, I wouldn't have to pay a whole lot for it. Let me go f- find the price at the local store here.
1: Necropotence. So so while you're doing that, I want to just tell the audience some cards that are super strong that are now like a dollar or less. Karmic Justice. Okay uh it used to be like a 25 dollar card now you can get it for 50 cents and it says whenever a spell or ability an opponent controls destroys a non-creature permanent you control you may destroy target permanent that po- opponent controls so if somebody nukes one of your lands you can nuke one of theirs back for example or if they yeah, blow yeah. up a creature or sorry if they blow up like an enchantment on your side or an artifact you can blow up one of their lands it's it's brutal yeah. um Pluto so bonds, can- the one Necropotence
0: uh. right now you can find it here in Can here in Canada mind you I'm looking at Canadian prices for fifteen dollars. The other versions of it like from back from Iconic Masters or Ice Age or whatever else they're all listed here at over thirty to forty. So you can find a Necropotence for half the price right now. Um, you can even get the anime Borderless version for thirty bucks, which is seems really kind of appealing. Um, so. Um, if you have access to these powerful artifacts that are gonna are sorry, powerful enchantments again, you're gonna find that people's power levels of their decks just suddenly gets ratcheted up because the arms race is well and on, like it's well and good, like just on because everyone's gonna have access to it, and there's no reason not to play it uh unless you are very intentional about communicating with your play group. Dude, not every deck wants an Necropotence. because <laughs> you're going to find that it. That it just results in a number of games that turn into non games as somebody who drew Necropotence buries the table in card
1: advantage, and the other three players are unable to respond. I mean, oppression, right? Oppression is a Mm -hmm. a perfect example because uh, that card is uh, like 10, 11 bucks, uh, Urza Sega and 7th edition, and now it's 43 to 60 cents uh, because of the reprint. in the enchanting tales, uh, and it's a yeah, card that yeah. is is difficult for players to respond to when it uh-huh. hits the board. Um, it says whenever a player casts a spell, that player discards a card, and it's two black and a colorless. Yeah, um, Nature's Will is another very strong green card that I remember I would never get my hands on, and now I can. Um, and it's it, whenever creatures you control deal combat damage, is a green enchantment. Uh, you can tap all lands that player controls, untap all lands you control. Yeah. Uh, and combos with another card in the set aggravated assault which is $2.
0: Uh, yeah. You can pay 5.
1: creatures so, you control. like there's so many things you can do now that people probably weren't able to do uh yeah. in their decks. So it's good and for so the cool. game, but it's it's good, good for it, it, it is good for the game and I know players have been
0: clamoring for years to have accessibly affordable reprints. And I don't want to say for a second that we're not in behind that. We are. Um just that you and your playgroup need to have a real conversation around how much power level you want to see put in your list, uh, in your decks, because there may be players that are like, ah, uh, you, you, it sounds really great to put that super high-end, powerful enchantment in your deck, and then you go, oh my, this isn't fun anymore, because somebody is just going ham. And so, like, folks, use the cards. Enjoy the cards. If you really want that necropotence for your deck, you now have it at an affordable price point. Go and do it. But be aware, be conscious of the fact that people, when you're playing, you've now just introduced a very powerful card into your deck, and that that may tip the balances. And so you know your your playgroup may have some some toing and froing to figure out where the, the your new power level needs to settle. As you figure out what to do with all these really powerful, high-end, expensive enchantments.
1: Yeah, I'm curious, Bruce. How many people are going to ask me to pay the two now, in every in every game that we play? A lot. Uh, when I draw cards, and then I mean, I'm happy though, right? Because Greater aromancy is a card I've wanted for a long time, and now it's affordable. It's about eight nine dollars, right? Absolutely. Um, I encourage, I encourage the audience to take a look at these cards. The art the art is fantastic. The uh power level of these cards like Bruce was saying is, is very strong. Um and there are cards that, that, that needed to be reprinted, let's be honest here. Um, uh-huh. so yeah, I mean just 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 be discernful, right? Uh that, that's what we always try to say here on the channel. Um uh play what makes you enjoy the game, but also make sure that if you're playing EDH, that you're having a good experience with multiple people. Um instead of oh, focusing you put waste
0: time. lot in there too. Oh, I didn't even notice that one. Oh okay. man!
1: There's um greater oromancy. There's 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 what was the other one I was just looking at. There's uh, Freaking. uh there's a, there's an
0: unnatural growth that's yep. oh, yeah that's super
1: like that there's thing goes busto. Um there's dark uh, village, which is an uncommon yeah. net, uh, uh, budget bob. There's um yeah there's what else uh there's <laughs> Great pack, got a reprint because
0: yeah. everyone needs more great packs. <laughs>
1: there's kindred discovery, there's uh, all the ley lines, there's repercussion. Uh, there's an intruder alarm.
0: Oh no, there's a
1: intruder alarm. Yeah. Alondo Alondo's got a new toy. Sorry, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm glad. Like, like, I mean, the arts are cool, like, the, the cards are really, really, like, really neat. The way that they did the arts this time around, but um. Yeah, I think I think uh, this will definitely impact a lot of EDH discussion uh-huh. uh, regarding well, sure. how we should see reprints and how often should we see reprints because um, they really should, I think, and we should talk about this on the show eventually, but they should really discuss like a timeline for reprinting um, just to give people enough time first to get the reprints they need, but also um, to have these discussions with their playgroups. Uh, yes. Other than that, I mean... I, I'm excited for for WO to see where it goes in Standard and in EDH. I, I know you are, and this mm-hmm. is great. I'm glad that we're back, um, recording. Me too. Me
0: too. It's been good. It was good. Good <laughs> talk rough. this week. All right. I think we're gonna, well, I think we're to wrap it up there, there, Pete, because it's time for us to go and let our audience go and enjoy their uh, the rest of their day. So, thanks very much, everybody. If you want to catch the show, be sure to check out the show notes. For all the places you can, ke- you can get in contact with us. All the places you can track us down on your favorite podcast apps. Um, and, uh, yeah. Everybody, thanks very much for sticking with us. Uh, hope you have a great day. And have fun wherever you next play Magic. Thanks very much, everybody. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye.